Yo, 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 what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the podcast called Getting to Know God. This is the place where we look to the scriptures and only the scriptures to know the one true living God of the Bible, letting him speak for himself in his word here through the Psalms. I'm Brandon, also known as Pastor B-Side, and today we're going to look at the attributes of God as the Lord describes them in Psalm 13. The title for our study today is called When God Goes Quiet. (laughs) None of us like it, but we all have had experience with this, right? So let's get dialed in to make sure we understand what's really going on when things seem that way. But real quick, before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that if you've been digging on these studies, please take a second and make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast and telling people about it on social media, sharing it with the people you know. A simple tap of the like or the share button could help put the true gospel of Jesus Christ in front of someone's eyes, maybe even for the first time, or just encourage a believer who really, really needs it right now. And that's what we all want, right? So enough of that. Let's check these verses. In Psalm 13, here's what the Bible says. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So the truth of the matter is, even though God's children have free and open access to the Father at all times, 24-7, sometimes it seems as if we're speaking up into the air and no one is listening, right? Like, I know I'm not the only one here like that. The Bible commands the people of God in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, to boldly approach the throne of grace so that we may find mercy and grace in our time of need. But (laughs) there are times when we actually do humbly present ourselves before God, plead our cause to him in meekness and dependency, like the Bible says, and we don't seem to see or hear anything at all right? I know I'm not the only one. It can be confusing and frustrating, right? Why would God give a command like in Hebrews 4.16 only to go silent on us when we seek him in our time of need? The scriptures teach that God is good and that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And yet there are these times that we all go through when it seems that God is being like mean and he's dipped on us, or at least like he's not wanting to respond for the moment. So how do we harmonize the truth about who God is according to the scriptures compared to the way he deals with us sometimes when it seems like he's ghosting us, right? Thankfully, the Bible has the answer. Psalm 13 is a true testimony that shows how all of God's people have dealt with this issue at one time or another. And anyone who tries to say otherwise, is they tripping. (laughs) Psalm 13 is a psalm written by King David. That's, that's important to note here. He wanted to hear from the Lord, but was not getting anything from him. Now, the Bible teaches that David was a man after God's own heart. 
David is listed as a man with amazing faith. I mean, faith that I'm sure a lot of us would like to have ourselves. He's the man that God selected as his anointed king to be the branch of the Messiah and his throne. Crazy, right? The scriptures show that David had an exceptional relationship with God, a relationship that I'm sure a lot of us might even be jealous of. David often received divine protection. David was used to do great miracles by the hand of God. Remember David and Goliath, right? Same David. David received great provision. And maybe more importantly, David was one of the best theologians in the Bible, having ridiculous insight into the plans, purposes, and eternal promises of God. David knew things about God that seemed impossible to know at his time, and yet there he was writing these things. David wrote things about God and his plans that people later in Scripture marveled over. And yet still, Psalm 13 is definitive proof that there are times when it seemed like God goes quiet and is distant. And that's true no matter how good our relationship with God is, right? If it happened to David, it could happen to any of us. Now, the first two verses of this psalm kind of sum up the tone and purpose of David's writing, right? It says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? I mean, listen to the tone of that, right? David wrote, How long, O Lord? Showing that David had obviously been asking of and seeking God about some issue for quite a while now. Now, the Bible doesn't explain the specific issue that David was dealing with or the time frame that he had been seeking the Lord about that issue. But David had been asking the Lord a lot about this issue already. David's question shows a sense of frustration, of confusion, of disappointment, you might even say. It's likely that David hoped to receive a more immediate response from God, right? Either to address the issue directly or at least for wisdom and encouragement to endure the issue. Obviously, David hadn't heard anything from God. David knew that God would never leave or forsake his people and still felt like God had forgotten him. David flat out wrote, will you forget me forever, right? I mean, this man of great faith seemingly having a lapse here, right? Why is that? I mean, David felt like God was hiding his face, which is why he asked God why he was hiding his face in the very next phrase. It's as if David went to the throne of grace as he was commanded, like Hebrews 4 says, hoping to find the comfort and salvation of the Lord when he got there. But when he got there, he found that God's throne was vacant. How is that even possible? Now, obviously, that is impossible. It's not possible for God to depart from his throne, leaving things out of control. That doesn't mean that God's people don't feel abandoned sometimes, right? So clearly we can see that the issue is about how we feel. It's about our perception, not necessarily what's true. And even someone like David and a man of his caliber of faith struggled with this issue. Even though we know God is faithful and that he never departs from his people, the time that he takes to respond directly to us in certain circumstances can make it seem as if he is hiding from us. We want responses and results, and we want them now, right? God doesn't always work on our timetables, if you don't know that already, right? He doesn't work according to our methods of reason and logic either. Even though it seems like his face is hidden, look, he's still omnipresent, He's still omniscient. 
He's still omnipotent. Our perception or awareness of God might change based on the circumstances that we're going through, but that doesn't mean that God has changed. Our concerns about our circumstances might change, but that concern doesn't change God. God is immutable. He doesn't change at all. The Lord is the same God as he was when he graciously called us to be his children. We weren't seeking him then, but he called us anyway and did all of the work that needed to be done to make us his. Now think about David. David didn't ask to be the king of Israel, but was specially formed by God, eventually called by God, and thoroughly equipped by God. Now, just because David's life appeared to change and his circumstances were hard, doesn't mean that God's work in David's life was ineffective, or that his calling was cruel, or that his equipping was weak, right? That doesn't measure up to the truth of what God's testimony says about who God is. There's a lesson that David teaches through his (laughs) slight panic and despair here in Psalm 13. Notice that since David sought the Lord and seemingly got no response, he made efforts to take counsel in his own soul. Look at what verse 2 says again. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? In other words, David was wrestling with his thoughts within himself. He knew who God was, But inside of his own heart, in his own mind, there's a game going on, right? His flesh was causing him to think that God had changed, even though he knew that wasn't true. And have you been there before? I know I have. David knew that God would fulfill his promises. We, I mean, look at all the writings we have from David that bluntly state that. And yet still, he felt like the circumstances were too overwhelming. David had the truth in his heart. We know that about David, but also had lies battling within him. And when David tried to leverage his inner strength to persevere through this, he was finding that his inner strength wasn't enough. It was weak. Even though David had the truth in him, David wrote that God was hiding his face. Even though David had the truth in him, David wrote that God had forgotten about him. Part of David's words, yeah, they're poetic in nature, showing the deepness of his despair, but also The intensity of David's words show that for all the spirituality that David had within him, like for sure, it wasn't enough. In other words, David couldn't just summon or conjure up the faith that he needed to get through this situation with joy and hope on demand. It wasn't going to happen that way. He didn't have that ability within himself. He needed God to do that. He needed the Lord to provide that quality of faith, which he admitted that he could not produce within himself. So for all those people out there who say, you just got to believe, where do you get that faith from? David tried to get it from within himself, and yet he's writing here, admitting in front of everybody, he couldn't. He needed God to work a miracle to produce faith he couldn't conjure up within himself, even though he was a man of God, of great faith, a believer in the Lord's purposes, and had the word in his heart, right? Tough reality for people to digest sometimes, but true nonetheless. David wrestled with this situation daily for however long he did. The situation stemmed from his enemies. Again, David had people going after him, which was kind of the normal thing for him, right? In his lifetime, if you read his testimony, and they were trying to take him down in an effort to foil the plans of God for Israel. Verses three through four go on to say, 
Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. So at this point in David's life, it seemed like his enemies might actually succeed and beat him. David knew that he was called to be the king of Israel, but there were people who opposed that and it seemed like they might get their way. Why was God not answering David to deal with it? David knew that there were certain things God wanted to do in his life in order to establish the throne of Israel. I mean, he had a lot of detail about God's purpose for his life that I'm sure a lot of us would like to have. But there were people that legitimately threatened that plan. Why would God not provide answers to things that seem so critical to God's own purposes as David understood them? David felt like the enemy was actually gaining ground and having success. In his human perspective, it seemed to David that the enemy was actually making progress against the eternal and spiritual plans of God for his people. Why would God do that? Why would God allow that, right? These are questions that a lot of us ask, isn't it? And David wanted to know too. David desperately wanted to know God's plan. Now, he knew that God had a plan. He knew that God had a purpose. That's easy for all of us to say, right? Oh, God has a purpose. Of course he does. David just couldn't discern the meaning of his circumstances to see how they would resolve into the fulfillment of God's plans and purposes. That's the tricky part for all of us, right? We know God has a plan. We know God has a purpose. We know he made promises. But how does this moment right now connect to the fulfillment of those things? That's the tough part. And David, well, he wanted more information too. He wanted more revelation. He wanted more assurance. David was so desperate to hear from God, to gain encouragement by the revelation of God's word that he felt he would die without it. This isn't just dramatic exaggeration, but a testament to the intensity of David's faith and his relationship with God. This is the quality of relationship we should all have with God. The word of God was the oxygen that David breathed to stay alive. It was the basis of his hope and all of his confidence. Even though David was far from perfect, he was so dependent on the word and on the promises of God in his life that being in a season of silence from God made it seem like he was drowning and he would die. Oh man, how strong would the church be if each individual who claimed to be part of the church had this quality of affection for the word of God and the revelation of his purposes day by day. Whoo, my goodness, Lord help us, right? Now it might seem cruel to us, but God knows how to draw us to himself. Think about this. Would David have been so dependent on the Lord if he didn't have circumstances that constantly threatened him so severely, right? If his life was cushy and comfortable, what would he go to the Lord for? Would David have cherished God's word so much if God's word didn't work miracles when he was in those threatening circumstances? Don't miracles require people to go through circumstances that are beyond human capacity and our understanding? Of course they do. The truth is, David knew who God was, which was why he finished Psalm 13 the way that he did, well before God actually dealt with the situation. The psalm ends this way, but, point of contrast here, right? But, I have trusted in your 
mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. David knew God was merciful. And so before God even physically displayed that mercy for David to see by being delivered from these trials, David found hope anyway in the character of God, remembering who God is. David knew that God is the Savior. Before God actually administrated his salvation, David rejoiced in the Lord, knowing that God's nature is to save his people. David cried out to God so emphatically because he didn't like to see his enemies gloat. I get that. None of us like that, right? David loved God so much that he didn't like to see the enemy feel as if they were overcoming God's purposes and promises. David felt like his enemies were getting a kick out of his own grief. David felt like his enemies were rejoicing over their progress as if they were overcoming God himself and God's purposes. David hated that, and rightly so. A true lover of God can't stand to see the holy and righteous God mocked by the bad guys for any amount of time. And here, they had obviously been doing it for a long time from David's perspective. David hated that his circumstances were the reason for the enemy to rejoice. David didn't want to be delivered from his troubles just because they were hard. David wanted to be delivered and delivered immediately (laughs) so that the enemy could be silenced. He wanted them to shut up. David wanted a swift response from God so that God couldn't be mocked by the wicked on account of the pitiful condition of his people. And it's really important that we see David's motives here. This is why David was able to rejoice before God brought the mercy and salvation that he was seeking. Even though David has sought the Lord for a long time here, David was sure of deliverance because it's consistent with God's character and nature to provide mercy and salvation for his people in the time of need. Maybe not immediately, but eventually. David said that God had dealt bountifully with him in the past. Now, the word bountifully is a word often translated into the English word reward in the scriptures. In other words, David had received rewards in the past from God on the basis of mercy and grace, meaning he didn't deserve them. He didn't earn them. Now, why would God stop now? The word bountifully is a word often translated into the English word weaned, referring to the nourishing of like an infant child, right? Like a baby. That means that God had nourished David even as his own child in the past, taking care of him as one of his own. Why would God stop now? Think about this. Is it consistent with the nature of God to stop being merciful and gracious for no reason? Is it consistent with the nature of God to stop nourishing and providing for his children? How about this? If people were opposing David, they were actually opposing God's purposes for David, making them God's own enemies. They were mocking David, but they were ultimately mocking God. Is it consistent with the nature of God to let his enemies mock him and get away with it and all the things that they do to hinder his work? Right? There's some good points here that the scriptures bring to our attention. Even though David had thought that God was hiding and that he had gone silent, David rejoiced in anticipation of God's deliverance because he knew who God was and leveraged 
the truth that God revealed in the past to provide hope, assurance, and confidence concerning the future. Remembering God's character and how God had revealed that to David in the past was good enough to give David the faith he asked for that he didn't have within himself to persevere in his time of trouble, even rejoicing in the process. Now, since God doesn't change, that same situation should be good for us too, right? Look, when it seems like God is silent and circumstances are getting intense, we need to remember who God is and that he doesn't change. Whatever his purpose is for us is going to be fulfilled. That said, we can rejoice in anticipation of the work that God will do to fulfill his good work in us at some point in time, just like David did. And that's what the Bible teaches about the one that we know as God. So before I get out of here, I just wanted to give you a quick reminder. Please keep in mind that all of the Bible teaching I do here is 100% listener supported. This means that I depend on listeners like you to pay the bills for the tools that make this stuff available to you, as well as pay for all the time that it takes to study the word and prepare to this degree. Look, if this podcast is genuinely helpful to you and you value this sort of teaching, please prayerfully consider sending a donation this way. We are a legit nonprofit. We have a 501c3 given to us by the IRS operating through our parent ministry called Proper Knowledge Ministries. Feel free to check us out. Now, if you would like to partner with the work of the gospel that I'm doing here, you can visit www.pastorbside, like the flip side of a record, hit the support tab when you get there, and give any amount that you're able as the Lord leads. I'll tell you right now, every bit helps. (laughs) And if the Lord would lead you, maybe even consider partnering monthly with us, making your gift recurring, which is kind of like tithing to a church. Because look, the church is founded on the true teaching of the Bible, and obviously that's exactly what we strive to do here day in and day out. Some to think about, some to pray about. So again, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the study. I hope it was a blessing to you. And until next time, peace out.